0: Hello, I'm Manjula Salvaraja. You're a friendly neighborhood storyteller, journalist, and definitely a perpetual learner.
1: I'm Sukhan Siva, investor by day, avid writer about personal development and business. And, and yes, I, I guess I'm a perpetual learner too.
0: And we're here to talk about the topic of your recent newsletter, um, the ridiculous markups of startups. Boy, I just just realized that I actually rhymed there. Markups of startups. But all jokes aside, um I think this is an important topic for anyone looking to join a startup, um who's already working at a startup or leading one. You ready to get started? Absolutely. So this uh, this topic is so timely and and there was a really timely tweet Um, from Austin Allred. I hope I'm saying his name right. He's the CEO of the Bloom Institute of Technology. Um, Read that tweet to us.
1: Sure. So basically said, I don't think we fully realize how absolutely ridiculous it is to build a billion-dollar company from zero in a few years.
0: And of course, to that tweet, a couple of hours later, Elon Musk jumped in on the thread in agreement and he had this, this line in response, um, Austin, there are faux unicorns as in fake unicorns is, is what he means. What's going on? Give me the context around this little sort of tweet-a-thon.
1: Yeah. Over, you know, the past few years and in particular the past 12 months, we've seen a lot of companies raise at billion dollar plus valuations, which is basically what we define as a unicorn.
0: And mm-hmm. as
1: these rounds get announced, you know, two things happen. It, you know, one gives the platform for other companies to raise at even higher valuations or at the very least the same valuation. And it also allows existing investors to mark up their investment.
0: Now, for those listening who may be new to some of this lingo, what is a markup?
1: Yeah, so it's basically when you're able to revalue an investment that you made without actually exiting your position. So let's take stocks as an example. You know, it basically gives you a real-time view as to understanding what your position is worth. Uh, Venture capital investments are probably the exact opposite where it takes, you know, roughly 10, 15 years for you to actually realize the inherent value of your investment. And so oftentimes you have to use new rounds to essentially mark up your investment, essentially using the next round as your proxy um, Mm. to help understand what was the value of your initial investment.
0: Now, what we're seeing are some really uh, eyebrow-raising valuations. Why is this bad for people in the startup ecosystem, um, especially employees?
1: Well, I'll start off by saying it's not you know, necessarily bad for the entire ecosystem or employees. I think you know there are certainly some scenarios where founders and employees can benefit from a huge outcome. I mean, let's take a look at Shopify mm-hmm. and how they've done in the Toronto market. Um, you know, I, I think employees, founders, they, they've been able to have a huge impact on the startup community in, in Canada just from you know the company being able to do as well as it's done. You know, over the past five, 10 years. And so, you know, there's definitely a lot of great things that can come out of these huge valuations, especially as the is able to grow into them. However, a lot of companies, especially, you know, I'd say over the past 12 months, have raised at valuations or raised capital at valuations that they may not be able to meet, especially within the timeframes that their investors require. And when you factor in preference of equity, Employees are usually the last one to benefit from, you know, any potential exit. And so they essentially lose out the most relative to everyone else, the founders, the investors.
0: No, oh, that is, that is an interesting point. What kind of pressures does it put on the startups, the companies themselves?
1: Yeah. So ultimately the rate at which companies need to grow to justify their valuation may not be sustainable. And so. You could have a perfectly good business generating cash flows, but not good enough in the eyes of your investors. And this ultimately puts a lot of pressure on these companies to grow. And, and, you know, I'm sure you and I, you know, we've seen this in the past. You know, this could be, you know, more of a focus on sales and and generating sales now, right? Um, Less of a focus on longer term projects. Um, You essentially need to do a lot more with less. So, you you know, you might have a higher growth target, but you don't necessarily get to hire as many people. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times employees get stressed and and founders themselves get stressed as well. And, and, you know, this creates a very stressful environment. And ultimately, some companies will be able to meet it and will succeed. But by a lot, especially when you consider the VC game, a lot of companies won't.
0: Yeah, that is, that is, I, I can, I can almost see or imagine The kind of environment that it generates, right? Within a, within a company. Now you talk in the newsletter about the all in podcast, um, covering this. It's a really good listen. I know they've been embroiled in some controversy (laughs) recently. They actually started off that podcast. I thought was, you know, somewhat funny by saying, Hey, we're still here. We're not canceled yet, but I'm not going to get into that. That's for another discussion. Uh, Getting back to markups, you know, what is your sense, uh, incorporating in a little bit about a little bit on what they spoke about as well. What is your sense for why this rapid escalation in, in valuation is happening?
1: It, it comes down to, you know, essentially the same reason why asset prices, you know, across the board, whether it's real estate stocks or, or practically anything else have been going up. Right? And this is you know largely a result of, you know, just the sheer amount of capital, that we have in the system relative to investment opportunities available. And so a lot of capital and relatively fewer investment opportunities means that these prices are going to go up. And you know, we essentially got into this virtuous cycle of where prices kept going up without a lot of justification behind it. And so no. in terms of, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was going to say that, that, um, it's interesting to see that because I felt that that's what, um, the host of that podcast were saying. Um, and they're all people that are, that are really quite successful already, um, in the North American tech ecosystem and entrenched in it. So I, I feel like they have perhaps even a, a deeper view of things. What's your sense for, you know, after watching that, can you give us a, a quick summary of what they said on the issue?
1: Yeah, I think David Sachs had a great quote where, you know, essentially you need to play through the cycle, right? And so when it's a great time to buy, it's usually not a great time to sell. And and the counter is true as well. When it's a great time to sell, it's usually not a great time to buy. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's hard to stay disciplined and and keep that in sight because, you know, when, what, what, typically when you sell, you, you want to buy the next one and make even more money and, and you know, it, it's worked it's it's a formula that's worked i'd say for the past twelve twenty four months and and so when that formula changes it, it it is a shock to the system, especially for those you know including myself who haven't really experienced a full cycle as an investor as far as an up and a downturn goes
0: so it's interesting to observe that now this is similar to a practice that you noted when you were working in the retail sector. Walk us through it. What were the similarities?
1: Yeah, so I mean, listening to that podcast, like, it kind of gave me a bit of a deja vu moment where you know, to keep a long story short, in retail, there's you know, typically a practice of using retail accounting versus traditional cost accounting. And part of the downstream effects of retail accounting was the fact that merchants who essentially own specific categories um, within a retail store or a retail chain Could use markups to manage their P&L where a markup essentially allowed you to generate a profit and markdown forced the loss. And and basically the more inventory that you had on hand, the larger the markup or the impact of the markup versus, you know, perhaps the impact of the markdown. And oftentimes merchants used the markups to essentially increase the value or the perceived value rather of their inventory. This is very similar to how Mm -hmm. or the pressures that the VC investors might have to mark up their essentially inventory of investments to show strong performance. I mean, remember, it's a very long-term investment. And so for a long period of time, you know, VC investors are relying on these markups to show that they are indeed a strong investor.
0: Mm -hmm. And, And so
1: the pressure to continuously mark up shows strong performance. Raise more capital, make more investments. It is incredibly strong.
0: It's interesting because it's it's slightly um, a game of optics too. Absolutely. Now, is there a Absolutely. tie to the to the is there a tie to the market corrections we're seeing?
1: Uh, not yet. Typically, private market valuations lag. Public market, and and so you know the slowdown that we're seeing, or perhaps the slight correction that we're seeing in the public markets, could translate, and and likely is slowly translating to the private markets yet. But it's something that we'll likely experience over the next few months, and you know, hopefully, or you know, perhaps not you know longer. But uh, it, it is definitely something to observe.
0: What will you be watching for in this area this year, just sort of through the year?
1: Yeah, so it's you know it's probably two things. One is you know understanding and you know just watching how behaviors change within the investor community. Obviously, you know the type of investor that you had to be, you know, in an upswing where you know practically the prices of anything was going up. You know, the sooner you got into investment, the better you did. Um, versus perhaps a more thoughtful approach. You know, some might argue a slightly more value-oriented approach will definitely be interesting to watch. And then I, I guess in the long term definitely more interested in understanding how this cohort of investments over the past 12, 24 months will perform in the long term and, and what those repercussions might be and how businesses in that cohort perform overall.
0: Oh boy, exciting times, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, thank you for taking me through that. Are we on next week as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you have That's a sense?
0: Do you have a sense this early what you'll be talking about next week, or are you just sort of, is it still out there?
1: Usually a bit out there, but uh, (laughs) I I, I do have a couple of ideas. So I guess we'll stay tuned.
0: Sounds good. We'll talk next week.
1: All right. Thanks, Angela.